0: Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me on my Elevate podcast. So in addition to the awesome interviews, a few times a week, I come on here just to share some quick thoughts and tips I think will really help you in a practical way, with either your business, your mindset, or even your health. So while you're waiting for your Starbucks or picking up the kids, or maybe just brushing your teeth, these are good, quick hits to help you get on your way. Hi, everyone. We are wrapping up the month of July, which is mind-blowing to me. I do not know where this year has gone. Um, But because of that, I also had promised you that I'd start doing some regular market updates. And so, obviously, I am recording this from... Phoenix, Arizona, where I'm at. So some of you are listening in other parts of the valley. But I don't want you to tune out because I will tell you um, on the macro, a lot of what we are seeing here, what I'm going to be talking about, is happening in every market across the country. And while markets obviously are very location-specific, price point-specific, et cetera, um, there are some trends that are happening that if you're listening to this, you'll probably be able to spot and identify in your own markets as well. Um, So I always believe that knowledge is power. I like data. I like uh, really digging into the facts of what is happening rather than the headlines. And so um, this is a practice that I do for myself by really watching the numbers literally on a daily basis and the trends and the charts. I guess I am a little bit of a geek. I do like all that stuff. Um, But for you, you might not be into that. I think at a minimum, just hearing this information at least once a month gives you a much better pulse of what is actually happening than all the crazy stuff that you see in the headlines. So um, let's dig into the details and let me sort of anchor you into the reality of what we're seeing here in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, Again, as I say Phoenix, Arizona, remember that by Phoenix, I mean the Metro Phoenix area. So that includes all of the different municipalities, all the different cities, such as, you know, Queen Creek and Cave Creek. Um, Those are the creeks. Uh, Tolson, Phoenix, Scottsdale, Paradise Valley, Gilbert Chandler. I mean, Surprise, all of it. So it all gets lumped into one big Phoenix Metro category when I am talking in the way that I'm going to talk today. So News flash market is not just sort of shifting, it is massively shifting. uh we have literally gotten whiplash watching what has taken place since uh really march and and landing us here. It is and I'll say this again a little bit later as we get down the down the line here, but this is the fastest changing market uh any of us have witnessed in my lifetime and not just like you know from the sidelines saying that literally factually, statistically, data-driven um, things are moving really, 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 really fast. And so it can feel a little crazy, um, which is just another reason why I think it's important to get into the data. But um, it, it is truly, if you're like, wow, what happened? I, did, like, I blinked and something happened. Yeah, you did. It, it's, it's changed that fast um, in terms of supply numbers, demand changes, Uh, Just the radical shift from an extreme, the hottest, hottest, literally hottest seller's market we had tracked to now moving through balanced and into some parts of the valley into a buyer's market in a matter of, you know, Three months. So, what is going on? Um, let's talk with the, our buyers. As of this week, uh, Open Door has almost 1,700 active listings on the market. Um, so, this is a far cry from the hundred or so they had back in December of 2020. That's kind of where they sat back in the day, and then around 400 to 500 that they would average on the market from the fall of 2021 until things started to radically shift um, in the spring this year. This is an interesting statistic right here. This inventory that OpenDara is carrying, it represents 9.5% of all the available supply. That's meaningful, 9.5%. They don't own the market, but it's definitely influencing the market. Now, OfferPad doesn't have the same volume, um, but they are in a market, so it's worth mentioning. They now have almost 400 active listings. And just like Open Door, this shift upwards began in the end of March. Prior to that, they were sitting at less than 100. Um, so comparatively speaking, they um, only have about 45 homes under contract. So 400 active, 45 under contract. And this ratio would put them with about a six and a half month supply if they stopped buying today. Uh, when we go back to Open Door, they have about 140 listings under contract. Again, they have um, 1,700, looking at my notes here, 1,700 active listings. So 140 under contract, which would mean they have about a seven-month supply at this current absorption rate. So we have seen a massive change in what these iBuyers are doing in terms of volume coming onto our market. Um, and then, of course, we have the declining... Um, the declining absorption rate. So it the, the lines are moving in opposite directions. Right now in Phoenix, the biggest market segment growth is in the single-family home and townhome segment. Um, so supply is up 344% for single-family homes and 370% for townhomes as of this last week. Um, why is that? Well, a couple of things. Number one, this Single-family homes, specifically, and sometimes townhomes, but this is where um, investors tend to play, at least recently, on a big scale. And also, not surprisingly, more affordable home products that are also not typically what, inve- what big investors buy, like mobile homes and manufactured homes. They're they're just not seeing that massive spike. We're not seeing any big spikes in those in those different categories. So who's doing best and who's doing worst in terms of the cities around the valley? As of this last week, our strongest markets are number one, Fountain Hills holding the best. Second is Paradise Valley, from just behind Fountain Hills, and then Scottsdale in the number three position. So, all three of these markets are technically still sellers' markets. However, that dynamic is changing very, very quickly. Um, and again, generally speaking, again, the high-end market is faring better right now than the middle market, which is really kind of getting beat up. Um, like I said in the beginning of this podcast, and but it repairs repeating, we have never seen our market shift at this velocity. Um, And all of the time it has been tracked. And so right now, demand is continuing to fall. If you watch the charts week over week and listings under contract are extremely, extremely low for this time of year. Some of our markets are clearly now in a buyer's market. Uh, Those include Maricopa, Queen Creek and Buckeye. And not far behind them in terms of moving from balanced into buyers are Gilbert, Tempe, Peoria, and Chandler. In the next few weeks, assuming all the trends continue, which it appears to be the case, I mean, anything can happen. But right now when you're watching those lines, the, the, the trajectory of them are pretty extreme. Those markets, too, the ones I just mentioned, Gilbert, Tempe, Peoria, and Chandler, will likely technically be in a buyer's market. Um, So what does all this mean? It means that the balance of supply and demand has tipped in the favor of buyers for the first time in a really, 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 really long time. So for perspective, we have not been in what is considered a balanced market where supply and demand are balanced since 2014 in Phoenix. Kind of nutty. So what caused all this? Well, Obviously, the Fed had signaled that they wanted the housing market to cool. They want inflation to cool. It's all connected. Um, And so March 2022, we passed the 4.4% 30-year mortgage rate. And that was the tipping point in our market in terms of the rate having a massive, a massive effect on the market. And that's when supply started to rise. Demand went down. Supply started to rise. After 5% mortgage rates, the supply started to spike. So in June, we bounced around to 5.1 to 5.8 and all over the place. And when this happens, when the rates bounce and bounce and it's not stable and people don't know what is going on, it scares people. And it puts buyers into paralysis. It puts investor buyers into paralysis because they have a very hard time forecasting where things are going to land. And it puts traditional homestead buyers, that's what we call people that are actually going to live in the house, puts them into paralysis because they're like, well, should I wait? Are the rates going down? Are the house prices going down? And so they just stop. And that's really what we're seeing right now is that there's just a lot of people sitting on the sidelines going, I don't know what to make of this. And so I'm just gonna not do anything. I'm gonna wait. We also saw the stock market shift. And uh, who does this affect? Well, it affects the institutions and the entities that will use Wall Street as a funding source. And as of June, we've had a lot of REITs pull out of the market. Um, and here's kind of the wild card. Luxury also typically gets very affected by the stock market. But right now, we're not seeing a big shift there other than seasonality. And this is super, super interesting. And this is just my take whatever it's worth, could be wrong, not an economist, but just kind of what I've seen over the years. I think that in luxury right now, true luxury, especially over the 3 million, um, real estate is a safe haven, right? When things, when inflation gets bananas, uh, traditionally speaking, historically speaking, real estate is is a hedge against that, and so people who don't have to sell, who don't want to sell, kind of look at those hard assets like real estate as a place where they're they're trending with the inflation. So what do I think about all this? I think it is very, very reasonable to expect a 10 15% adjustment by the end of the year in pricing. Um, and I actually said that back in March and people thought I was crazy. Again, I just, when things get irrational in the market, what goes up has to come down a little bit. Um, I know that that's an unpopular opinion. I know that people say, no, no, we're still going to keep going. Yeah. Year over year, we will still have appreciation. And that is a very, very good thing. But the idea that we peaked in March and then we're just going to putz along and still appreciate, I don't think is accurate. Again, I could be wrong. So I'll put myself on the record for saying this. But, um, in terms of off of the peak, I do feel that we're seeing an adjustment. I'm already seeing it real time, um, in my world. I actually, Take a quick peek at my portfolio. Not every month, but I do it usually quarterly, and I can see that off of the peak where things were uh, selling. That that's just not the case right now. And so, um, if you are running your comps, you know uh, things that sold in February and March and all that, I don't feel like that's your best comp. I think you need to go back a little further and adjust down slightly so that you can see where things bef- were before that super, super bizarro peak in March happened. Where is all this supply coming from? Well, we've talked about the iBuyers, um, but I was really curious about this too. I was like, what is causing this? Um, obviously, we have a certain amount of the population that likes to try to time the market and they're just like, you know what? Things are getting crazy. I'm out, I'm gonna sell my house and go rent and wait it out. That does happen. But it just seemed like it was it was more more than that going on. And I couldn't quite figure out, I didn't have the data on it yet, but the data did come out. And here it is. 36% of everything active in the MLS was purchased in the last year. 36%. That is a really big number. And so these are not, by and large, everyday normal sellers. These are people who are playing the short speculative game. And unfortunately, some of them who bought, you know, at the frothy peak? They got caught. So that's thirty-six percent. Super interesting number. Thirteen percent about are new homes. So the home builders um, no longer are having lotteries and waiting lists. Uh, They're doing it the old fashioned way and putting things back into the MLS for us agents that are licensed to see. Um, And guess what? They're even offering agents compensation, which is amazing and awesome for all of my realtor friends. So 13% are new homes. The rest are divided between second homes and owner occupied. So the the telling number is 47% Of the homes that are currently on the market right now are owner-occupied. So less than half of this inventory we're seeing are people actually selling their homes because of life changes, move-ups, moves-downs, divorces, babies, all the things. It's less than half. Here's my last interesting statistic I want to share with you. Um, And that is that 52%, this is of this last week or so, I could have gone up a little bit, could have gone down. But last time I checked, it was 52% of all active listings are vacant. It's a lot of vacant listings. So it just goes to show you that we are in a very reactionary period right now. You've got the iBuyers bringing on a ton of inventory. You've got a lot of flippers that got into things that are like, oh, shoot, I need to dump this. I need to get out of this. I'm not going to flip it. I bought it. Ooh, I bought it too high. Let's just move it. I'm not going to put the work into it. You know, a, a lot of different things happening where we are cleaning up the market I will say I feel like that's a really good thing to have a healthy market is to clean things up a little bit and get a little bit of sanity and reason back in the market. Um, but with every shifting market, you know what I always say, there are opportunities. So for the traditional buyers um, you know, and the agents that are listening – I feel like the lending community has done a really good job reacting. I will say that that is one thing our industry does well is when they are like things are changing in terms of like how to get buyers into homes. Uh, programs spring up overnight and here we are again. So we've got right rate buy downs. 2-1 uh, buy downs are getting a lot of press. Um, in some situations that might be good. Arms have made a comeback. I am not an arm hater under the right scenarios. So um, especially those longer ones, seven ones, ten ones, just depends on you or your client's situation. That might be a good solution. Um, and again, I'm just really happy to see that the lenders um, in the community are really doing a good job putting out a lot of educational videos and charts and really showing people why um, a seller credit for a, right, a rate buy down is generally a better solution for all parties involved. So um, if you aren't familiar with all of that, take a look. Uh, thank God for internet, social media, news spreads like fire now. So these programs are being pushed out and people are hearing about it real time. And if you need to uh, do a little digging, it won't take you long till you, you'll see a lot online about that. So there's opportunities for buyers, right? Uh, it's really exciting for buyers that have just got their asses kicked to actually get back in the game. And I'm, I'm really, really happy about that. So, for investors and buyers that are on the buyer side, so buyers are investors, but home buyers, homestead buyers, you know, where are the opportunities? Well, some investors, particularly smaller investors, carry homes oftentimes with hard money. And hard money is expensive. They might be paying 8, 9, 10, 12% every month on that money. And so, you know, a beautiful home. That could be your homestead home or an investment property of some sort um, held by an investor carrying that kind of money. They're going to be a lot more motivated to work with you, to make repairs, to get things done and to get them done quickly. So if you're out there looking and you see a beautiful, recently renovated uh, spec home, you know, there might be some opportunity there. Lease arbitrage. I'm not talking about it a ton in this uh, recording, but because of this flooding of investor inventory, we're also seeing lease rates correcting a bit. Very, very interesting and very unusual. Uh, Don't know how long it's going to last. I don't know how long any of this is going to last, but at the moment, lease rates are seeing a correction. Um, So, lease arbitrage for those of you that are out there. Uh, trying to house hack through lease arbitrage or invest through lease arbitrage, this timing could be a really, really good thing. Could you take a house under lease? Even if it is marketed for sale, could you approach that, uh, that seller? And depending on their scenario, depending on their financing, would there be a possibility to lease it and possibly arbitrage it? Agents, are you giving your clients other options beyond the old, let's start in the MLS and see what happens? And seeing if time, ease, certainty might be more value to them right now than getting top dollar in today's market or even getting fair market value in today's market through the MLS. So, would it be interesting for them to have a true crash to, I can't say it, a true cash, a true cash investor option? Or another creative finance buying option. You know, this is where all of those old school selling tactics come into play with the seller carries and wraps and sub twos and all that good stuff. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's time to brush those skills up, at least be familiar with them so that you can give everybody all their options. So not everybody's going to be excited about these options, but everybody likes choices, right? So give your clientele, give your buyers different choices. For the smaller investors out there, the non-hedge funds, the non-huge eye buyers, you know, just normal humans like myself, I think we're going into a super, super exciting time. So start lining up your money, start talking to your investors, start figuring out what your next play is going to be. At the same time, and here is my cautionary tale: be patient. This is not a time to force deals. If it's not a deal that makes you feel really, really good, it doesn't make a ton of sense. And I mean, like, really, really makes sense. If the numbers are close, but not quite, this is a time to pass. There will be another deal. This is not a time to feel that you have to force things. I know that through this frenzy, I feel that people have gotten trained. They have to act fast, act now. If you don't grab it, it's going to be gone do the deal, figure it out later. Like that, that is old, old news. And that's a recipe for disaster right now. You need to be thorough. You need to be thoughtful. And if it doesn't make sense, pass. There will be another deal to look at. So we don't know exactly where this market is going, uh, but one thing is for sure, we are absolutely not where we have been. All the old... Thought patterns, strategies, tactics, those are out the window. It's time to bring in new tools, strategies, and techniques. But right now, vacant properties on the market are providing opportunities for, like I said, homestead buyers, buyers looking to live in them, and investors alike. So after years of waiting, we're talking literally 2014, guys, since we've been in a balanced market, I just want you all to enjoy this moment in the market. And don't like stab me through your phone uh, or your iPad or your your earphones or whatever I'm coming through on right now uh, for saying that. But truly, who can benefit in this market? And it is people that have not had an option, people who didn't have choices, people who were feeling so beat up in this market, whether they were looking for themselves or an investment or whatever else. This is an exciting time because it's putting the power back into a more balanced state for most people and even to the buyers for a lot of people. And And this is a really, really nice thing to see for a lot of people who've frankly been getting their ass kicked. So it's fun again to be a buyer. I always say this, I absolutely 1000% believe in the long-term health and uh, wealth building opportunities of the Phoenix Metro market. I absolutely believe in the long-term possibilities for real estate investing across the country. So, you know, this, these changes happen, right? And if you are sitting on a portfolio of homes or maybe you just have one property, you're like, oh my God, it's going down so much. What do I do? This is for the newer investors out there. You don't lose money till you sell, you do not lose money to you sell. So I'm going to do a whole other podcast on that very simple concept, but do not be reactionary. Look at what you have. Is it in a good location? Is it cash flowing? What kind of rate do you have on it? I'll bet a lot of you are sitting on some really sweet rate right now. So um, we'll talk about that in another one, but don't panic. Things, markets swing, shifts happen. Every time if you look at them with the eyes of where is the possibilities, where are the potentials, um, get excited about it. I assure you for every person that is freaked out right now, there are five more that are pumped about this. Um, I think that you will see that this can be a really, really great thing and uh, could take your career, your investing portfolio. Um, and even your ability to buy into a house that you really, really want to a whole nother level. So that's my market update for today, you guys. If you have questions, let me know. Please give me feedback. If you found value in this, uh, the greatest thing that you can do for me is share this and not just share it on your social media, although I love that too. If that feels like you want to do That's great. But if you're listening to this and there's somebody that pops to mind, just send it to them. Be like, hey, I thought of you. Uh, it does two things. One, It literally might help that person out. You're giving them information that they're probably needing. Um, People are looking for just facts and data right now. So be that friend that helps them find it. Um, And secondly, it's going to help you. You're doing something good for somebody else. And you know I believe in that. Do good for other people and watch how the world does good to you. So have a really, really good rest of your weekend. Be well out there. Let me know if you have questions. Give me your feedback. And I will see you next time. Thanks so much for joining me on my Elevate Quick Thoughts. If this spoke to you, I would be so grateful for you to give me a quick review, and even better if you would share it with a friend. I'm here three times a week, so I look forward to catching up with you on the next one. See you soon.